Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Exert Breakthrough Lab uh, podcast. Uh, as usual, I'm your host, Scott Steele, uh, and I'm joined by Armando. Hey, everyone. And Dr. Stephen Chung. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's been a little while since we've been able to, to get together and get some of these recorded, so uh, I was hoping that we could start off uh, catching everyone up with uh, what's been happening with Exert, uh, what you guys have been up to uh, since the last time that we got to hang out and, and record. Yeah. Steven, how's your foot? The foot, we've just passed the uh, six-month anniversary of uh, my little case study on testing gravity, and <laughs> it's been going by by leaps and bounds in terms of improvement over the past couple of weeks in terms of starting impact drills, starting kind of jumping, hopping, skipping, kind of uh, one-legged kind of drills. So lots of icing in the evenings, but during the rest of the day, the, the drill's been going very well. How's, uh, how's the research? The research is going well. Uh, we're, we're deep into the pilot phase, uh, just really making sure that uh, everything's nice and tidy before uh, we get deep into, into data collection. But uh, we've got a, another side project that I'm working on mm -hmm. in, in the environmental ergonomics lab. So we're just about done with data collection for, uh, for part of that project. Uh, so things are moving along there. Uh, Stephen will be happy to hear. <laughs> If there's any, uh, if there are any listeners out in the uh, St. Catharines and Niagara region, be sure to reach out to us because we might be looking for uh, some subjects to uh, to be tested here. I'll, I'll bring you into the lab. We'll we'll do some testing on you. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> well, what about things on the exert side? Uh, we've obviously had some some big new features announced since the last time. Yeah, we're we're busy. Yeah, we've been we've been working hard. Um, you know, we recently announced uh, some some new features, right? So the uh, HR derived metrics. We call it HRDM for uh, for short, uh, and it basically it's a new feature you can enable under account settings. So if you haven't uh, seen this, you can go to account settings under profile, and you can enable it. And what allow what allow the system to do is for those rides where you don't have a power meter and you're, you have a heart rate monitor, or preferably when you have a heart rate monitor and a cadence sensor. It's going to be able to estimate your XSS and your your focus, uh, average power, fat, carbs, all that information can can get estimated. So it works reasonably well. It works much better with um, uh, with your uh, heart rate and cadence sensor. Uh, but if you just have a heart rate sensor, it should work okay as well. So we're really excited about that. I I, I mean. I think you're, you're you're downplaying how cool this is. I think I think <laughs> okay. one of the the big knocks that that some people have had with the system is like, oh, you only look at power data, so mm -hmm. I don't have a power meter on all of my bikes, therefore I can't use your system. But I think this is really a good stepping stone for some of those people that are maybe doing their commutes uh, on an old beater bike. Uh, now that we're getting into the winter here, or um, maybe they're they're cross racing or whatever, they don't have a power meter for that bike. But now at least we have something that. Uh, that provides a, a pretty good estimate of, of those metrics. Yeah, yeah, and especially for the cross racers out there, and this is an absolute boon, right? We have, I may have a power meter on my bike, but I might spend a good amount of time jumping off the bike and running, in which case normally it'd be recorded as zero power and no effort at all, but now we'd be able to actually get a handle on it. So certainly any exert listeners and users who are, using this for cross please let us know how it's working out you can, in fact you can put a cadence sensor or you know stride sensor on your foot uh i think wahoo makes one so you can mm -hmm. attach one to your foot 
uh, and you should get additional credit for those run-ups and things like that you have uh, when you're when you're uh, cyclocross racing. So there might be another another thing to try out and let us know how it's working for you. Yeah, because we saw recently in the Pan Am Championships up in Midland, there was just a ridiculous number of steep, steep stairs on there, and and uh, yeah, when you're running up them you're historically being given no credit for that effort. Oh, no, that's like the hardest part of it. You're actually, quote-unquote, recovering during those sections. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and we've also, um, you know, we've we've, we've wanted some new Strava features, so people have been using those. So if you haven't seen those, um, getting really good feedback. People like seeing their, uh, their exert metrics inside their descriptions inside Strava. Uh, being able to compare against each other's, so we're seeing a lot of that, those comments come through. I think that's cool, and I'm starting to see more and more people uh, on my Strava feed kind of asking, like, "Oh, what was the focus of your ride?" And so I think it's it's really cool for us uh, at Exert to see more people starting to adopt the terminology that 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 we've developed here and and use it in a more widespread setting. Mm-hmm. And I think the other the other cool things we've been doing is we've made uh, the iOS app even more robust, if, if that was possible. <laughs> so yeah, you're, it's just in beta right now, but it should come out soon. Uh, address, there's a, a few issues that we had with uh, with speed and distance, uh, as well as um, sensor so, connectivity has been improved so, as well. Yeah, the sensor connectivity. We were some there were some recording gaps that we managed to address. So hopefully uh, that will come up shortly. And uh, we've also released an Android update, the Exert Mobile for Android. Uh, that's now in beta. Hopefully it'll come out soon. We've added some stats to that, and we're uh, looking to improve the connectivity as well, sensor connectivity for that. Um, there's also um, some new things we're going to add to it before we're done, such as being able to control the trainer in terms of moving it from you know slope mode to erg mode to you know uh, resistance and off the same way you can do on the uh, on the iOS app. So we're going to bring that feature to the uh, to the Android app, which will be really convenient, especially with you know as we move into the winter season and the types of workouts that people are, are going to want to do. Yeah, that's uh, that's so, awesome. So yeah. even though we're uh heading into the off season we're talking about the off season today like we're definitely not staying still with exert <laughs> no no it's no, kind of going full bore there no, no off seasons for us <laughs> no off seasons ever. No. <laughs> always working on those new new features for you guys yeah um well like, like steven mentioned uh today's episode we're really going to be talking about um reviewing this season uh with exert and and using some of the knowledge gained from the season to help prep us for next year um, and so I think one of the big questions that a lot of people have uh, this time of year as we get into late fall, early winter is, uh, w- what do I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's no event coming up. Uh, how, how do I train this time of year? Well, you know, now uh, is a great time to take some time off. So for many, many athletes, you know, they've accumulated a lot of fitness and their train load can be quite high. Uh, it's probably come down a little bit now that we've entered the fall. Um, but your body does need a time, some time to really recover and, and needs that time off. So it's, it's actually okay if you've, if you accumulated a lot of, if your training status is high, uh, um, it's okay to let it slide a little bit, uh, and give your chance, give your body a chance to recover, maybe start doing some other activities, whether you want to go out and ski 
or whether you want to hit the gym and work on different parts of your fitness that may have been neglected over the summer, um, you know, now is a good time to kind of uh, work on those because you have that break. Um, so definitely take advantage of this time. Um, don't feel that you're missing out on your training and that you're, you're somehow going to be compromised if you do take that time off. It's not likely going to be the case unless you're going to be uh, entering some events early next year. But if your events are towards the, you know, the uh, late spring or, you know, even summer time frame, then um, you're not really going to be missing all that much if you take some time off at this at this mm -hmm. point in your training. Well, I think something that we see a lot of times, uh, especially kind of late summer into that fall season is, um, uh, as we enjoy the last of those real long days as people, uh, as you mentioned, their training load is high. They've, they're probably putting the most hours per week on the bike that they have all year. Uh, and so, but what, what we see as we get into fall is that, uh, either there's not as much time to ride or, um, they, they eventually start to see their fitness coming back down. And, mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of people start getting worried about that, but, uh, I think it's important to realize that you, you can't keep improving forever and that at some point you have to let your body kind of relax, uh, like we mentioned, um, let some of those hormones return back to normal as mm -hmm. you as you ease back into, uh, honestly, four, six weeks of recovery um, and and just take that time off the bike and, and mentally refresh, I think, is a big part of That's it. That's another, well. another big factor is giving your kind of uh, overall... Um, stress levels in your life as a result of your training to let that kind of come down a little bit and give yourself a break overall yeah it's uh absolutely the case and if you still want to ride you know it's not the end of the world to go ride i think the main thing we've been talking about is get away from really structured training and mm -hmm. really being regimented let yourself go a little bit, both physically, even diet-wise, if you want. This is the time to have a little indulgence, especially with it being around American Thanksgiving coming up and also the holiday season coming up. So, you know, you, yes, you always hear about being a you know 365 athlete, but part of being an athlete also means letting go every so often and not necessarily going in on a binger, but... You know, at least get away from that mental, mental rigor of constantly, you know, being on the game, so to speak, in terms of, of trying to do everything as a kind of living perfectly as an athlete, so to speak. I just recently, end of October, it was my best friend from Norway. He, he had his 50th birthday. So I had a great week off, uh, flew to Norway and helped him celebrate and had a great time there and left that behind, left uh, university behind for a week uh, or so also. And man, that was wonderful. It was, <laughs> came at a perfect time. So especially since it's been a really hectic semester for me, starting to teach again after a whole year of sabbatical and relaxing. So <laughs> it was a sorely need a break from that also. Yeah, I've, I've been just been, you know, riding for fun. Yeah, no, I think I haven't been really watching watching things very closely. Um, you know, obviously we'll pay attention, mm -hmm. but you know, it's not like we're focusing on some kind of uh, fitness goal at this time of year. Exactly. You know, we're we're more likely just kind of try and stay in shape. Uh, you know, maybe get some some gym work in. Um, 
you know, work on keeping your training load fairly. Um, um, you don't want to let, you don't need to let it slide completely, but you can certainly spend some time on the bike. Just not necessarily, like Stephen was saying, be preoccupied about the specific training that Clo- you're that Closing you're that XSS deficit yeah. at, the, at this focus. It's, it's, this is, exactly. really isn't the time of year for that. And, you know, we have a setting. You know, if you, if you go into the improvement rate, you can set it to off-season. And so I think some people like that structure. And they go, okay, I want to set it to off-season. I want to kind of monitor how much detraining I'm going to experience over over the fall and and the early winter um and that's fine i think a lot of people enjoy having that structure and understanding of what's actually going to happen to them uh, as they enter the off season um but don't feel that that's necessary in, in terms of being able to track your off season activity that precisely so if you set it to off season uh, you know you can you can certainly look at your deficits and try and manage them but it's not necess- not really necessary. Again, you know, your 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 events are likely going to be later on in, in the next year, and that's going to um, you're you're going to have time to be preparing for those events. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, uh, I really haven't spent much, if any, time on the road bike lately. So whenever I do get a chance to go out, it's on the gravel bike, and um, there's just something about for me, be, at least, being on the gravel bike where. Uh, it's not so much about training. It's just about getting out, getting some miles and having some fun. Uh, and that's really what I'm focused on, usually this time of year. Mm-hmm. So now this is not the time of the year to go with Ronestad workouts. Is basically what <laughs> I, was, I, was, okay. I was waiting. You were waiting. I was okay. waiting for okay. the Ronestad This is methods. not the time, again, if you're trying to think about you know sure. hitting, hitting uh, breakthroughs every week or every other week. This is not the time of the year to obsess about that. Yes, you can certainly do them. You know, a lot of people like doing those workouts. And by all means, you know, if you like doing uh, structured workouts because they're fun and you like doing the Ronestat workout, um, <laughs> why? I wouldn't know. <laughs> Maybe some people. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, you don't, don't feel like, uh, uh, you know, you can do them if you want to, but certainly you don't need to. Yeah, we yeah. obviously find find something else uh, for Steve and it's climbing and just mm-hmm. find something else that, that can help uh, uh, take some of your mind load uh, off of that structured training. I'm, I'm like you, you know, like uh, gravel rides, they're yeah. awesome. This, this past weekend we hit, uh, we put the studs on our bike because it uh, got pretty cold and ended up doing some riding on some ice and that was a, that was a blast as well. So, yeah. uh, you know. Slipping and sliding in the snow. Exactly. It was fun. And this is also the ideal time of the year to, especially for us uh, who are getting older, to get our annual physical and to really kind of assess our overall health. And also to, if we are thinking about doing any gym work or whatever, get assessed by a really certified professional who can look at everything, whether you have muscular imbalances, whether you have particular weaknesses you want to look on. Now is really the time to assess kind of what you need to work on for next year. And again, part of it is that annual physical, uh, blood work if necessary, and again, maybe getting assessed for in the gym, things like flexibility, things like, again, can you actually perform some of these gym exercises properly so don't just rush in you know oh now it's time for off season i'm gonna go hit the gym three by threes in the uh, squat rack yeah and Mm -hmm. 
start off with and we'll talk about it later today but you know get into it gradually i i really recommend working with someone not just you know a trainer at, at your local kind of a franchise gym but somebody who really knows technique who is really well versed ideally in your sport itself so not necessarily just a power lifter go help me with with doing some exercises but to really start planning not just uh, weight work in general but weight work that would be really beneficial to you i think that's an important point because as cyclists you know you you do overemphasize some muscles and some fitness and underemphasize others uh, and so while you know your legs and you know part of your lower body might be in decent shape uh, you might start losing some uh, strength obviously in your upper body and some of the core strengths so so yeah so that definitely you want to be paying more attention to the specifics of your training and if someone can be more sensitive to that that actually understands what's happening then uh, yeah that would be much better for you in terms of what you can what would be um, most effective for you in terms of your training and then the mm -hmm. other thing to talk about at this time of the year too is this is also the ideal time of the year to get a bike fit if you feel you need it so for example if you feel always limited by having lower back pain all this as you look back through your season i'm always my back is always sore tight or my neck is always kind of aching well you know it could be strength and kind of weakness in your body or a limiter in your body it can also be something with your bike fit so this is also the ideal time of the year to really assess all of that so assess your equipment assess your body health and also you know assess your actual physiological fitness mm -hmm. yeah uh so those are some great things like this is a great time of year to to think about some of that off the bike and and in bike fit things uh mm -hmm. but really what what i wanted to move towards now is, is really using this time to to kind of reflect and look back on the season and and um, I think something that I enjoyed personally doing with my data is, is kind of looking back over the season, um, looking, okay, what was my training load doing? What was my focus that time of year? And, and looking to see where was I getting those breakthroughs? How, how big were those breakthroughs? And uh, kind of what was I doing that time of year? And so uh, for me, the XPMC chart and like fitness signatures have been really helpful with in terms of of reviewing some of that data, uh, I can I can tell you uh, just by looking at my annual uh, XPMC, I can tell you right when I started my lit review and when I was mm -hmm. uh, deep mm -hmm. in the reading and the writing, uh, watching watching some of my training load take a dip there. But um, I think that is also important this time of year is is doing some of those reflections back on um, on how this season went and and how you would go about doing that is you you know the way the way I've always done it is is you use the, the charts on your My Fitness page. So when you look at the bottom, you, you know all the various charts. We have the XPMC, we have strain, stress, and we have, you know, fitness signatures. Um, I would, you know, the XPMC is really the core, um, you know, chart that I kind of look at. Um, if you're not aware, um, you can actually, so you can choose the range that you want to see on the chart. That's a little drop-down menu on, on the top right. Uh, so you can, for example, choose forever and you'll see exactly what your XPMC or any of the charts have looked like for, you know, all the data that are, that's in the system. Um, you can choose year, so it'll give you the year to year changes. 
So not only will you see the chart show the data for just a year, but then the table above it will show you all your yearly stats. And likewise, if you're on the apps, now with now on Android or now soon coming on Android and also on the iOS app, you can then also see those stats on your on the apps themselves. So you can review, see where your training load was in comparison. We'll see where your fitness signature numbers were in comparison and see how much volume you've been doing. What is your, you know, uh, how many hours per week you've been, you know, investing in your training and things like that. All that information is there. Um, some of the things that I kind of key on is, you know, when was I at, at my best fitness? Where was I in terms of my training load associated with that? Um, where was I in terms of my form? So we have that colorized line. You know, if you saw a lot of red leading into kind of a huge breakthrough, might be a clue for you to think, okay, you know, maybe I do need to dig deep and then let myself recover before I get those huge uh, uh, increases in uh, my fitness signature um, or vice versa. Sometimes you may see a lot of red and then see a dip in your numbers. And that's all that's a sign that, wow, maybe I was overdoing it. And if I continue to overdo it next year, I'm going to run into the same kind of issues. So so I would look at the, the colors of the form chart. I'd look for those larger circles and and uh, when I was able to kind of achieve my best numbers. The other thing you can do at the same time. Now, it's not on the XPMC chart. It's on the fitness signature chart. But if you switch over you can and then just kind of monitor where that time was you look at your focus focus is a good number to be kind of looking at to see oh when my focus really reached its lowest level at two minute focus that's when i got my best numbers so it's good you can key on that to realize maybe that's where your strengths are and more or your ability to perform is is best when you are in those types of you know two minute types of efforts or vice versa. You may see others where, you know, if your focus went down to 10 minutes and was a lot longer, maybe that's an indicator to you that that's really where you're going to get your best, uh, your best results. So that's really where I would look is to look for those points in your, in your, uh, the past year where it's kind of where, um, where you were at your best or maybe where you were at your worst, what, what mm -hmm. causes those. Um, and trying to reflect on some of the data that's uh, that we show in the charts. And to further that, I think an important complement to that is hopefully you have all been putting down notes with each of your activities or on a regular basis because you can have all of that data in terms of, oh, my power number is here, I hit this breakthrough here, but it is really, I find, incomplete without understanding what was going on with everything else in your life. So, you know, again, Scott was saying before, you can tell when he was doing his lit review or whatever. But, you know, if we're looking back this time next year, you might not remember that. Oh, well, like, that's why, you know, my form was was getting low or that's why I couldn't ride regularly or this why that's why I could only ride every other day or or every three days so it's really important to have that kind of written data too so it may be you may be sick you may be you know way on business uh, you may be you know again in my case I have a grant due or I have a heavy teaching load this time you know without knowing those you may just say oh you know i was my form was dropping here but i can't remember why 
And so I think it's really useful to, to know, again, do I actually respond well to multiple hard efforts within a week? Or do I you know, need at least a two or three day break in between hard efforts in the peak of the year? So without those qualitative notes, I mean, you only get really kind of part of, of that information back when you're reviewing your season. Because what we want with that data is so we can plan next year so that we know, okay, I can respond really well to four hard workouts a week, uh, but I can only do it on, you know, like for two weeks at a time before I, I really start wearing down. Or after getting sick, I need you know, a week of easy riding before I can progress. Uh, so you really need, if, need that back history in order to plan for the future so that you know, again, if something arises in next year where you suddenly do get sick, you have something to fall back on. You say, okay, no, I know I need about a week to really ride easy before I can, you know, go full back into my training. So again, I, I just really encourage all of you to not just go with the data and kind of look at the data, but really, and the numbers, but look at the written data also. That's, you know, and I think when you look at your written data and you compare it to your actual breakthroughs, the breakthroughs are showing you where you were on at that time. And you have you should have an expectation based upon your training on where your breakthroughs and what your fitness should be. Uh, and sometimes you're just unable to achieve that. So you get these big open circles or you start seeing a decline in those numbers. Um, those are really good things to reflect on and go back to your notes, see what, what if you can discover some kind of pattern as to why you may, may not have been able to achieve what, what you should have been able to achieve based upon the training you had been doing. So, uh, so definitely add those notes and then review them at this, at, at this time of year so that you can be better prepared for next year. Uh, there's uh, something else I wanted to touch back up on. It, it, you briefly alluded to it before, but it's something that I personally experienced and I, I think is kind of important um, for, for our listeners. And that's um, a lot of times you do take those couple weeks off and, and you start getting ready for next season after, after a couple weeks of recovery and you're all gung-ho and ready mm-hmm. to go. And uh, we were talking before about how, okay, we need to look at that form number. Well, uh, I've had situations in the past where, okay, I'm very motivated now. I, I'm all recovered. I'm ready to go. Uh, more volume is better. And I got into a situation where um, relative to where my training load was at the time, I was putting in too much volume relative to where my fitness was. And and what I ended up seeing by looking at that data, essentially at the end of the, that season, I had dug myself into such a deep hole by the end of February that um, as I should have been continuing my build uh, towards a, a half Ironman at that time, I was actually I dug myself into such a deep hole that I, I needed time off the bike to recover from that hole that I dug, and so uh, I ended up losing a, a, basically two two months or a month and a half of of building that I had done to get to that point, just to allow myself to freshen up to the point where I could continue training. Mm. And so, uh, like you mentioned before, I think not only looking at the training load, but also the form is really a, an important part of, of that analysis. Um, now, uh, so after we've kind of reflected on this season, I think mm-hmm. the next logical step is, okay, okay, so I've reviewed what I've done. Now, uh, how do I get where I'm going to go? And so I think uh, the next big topic that I, that I would like to cover today mm-hmm. would be uh, prepping for the next season. Um, 
Well, you know, the, the, you know, we get this quite often. Uh, and, um, you know, people say, oh, I want to prepare for, for, you know, next, next year. I have an event in August. How do I prepare? And, you know, you can think about this uh, in terms of what, what that means. So you can certainly start pre preparing for an event that far into the future. You can start preparing for it today. And if you have time and you're willing to kind of invest that time, it, it doesn't hurt to start preparing early. Um, but you, what you have to recognize, and you know, we posted about this on Facebook. This page. is Armando's <laughs> controversial post. Here, oh, no. here it comes. Uh -oh. um, but we basically we're saying that it, you know, the further out that your your event is, the less relevant your current your current training is. Meaning that you know, if your if your event's out in August, there's the what you do today and the specifics of that training have really uh, less and less of an importance the further away it is from your event. So um, now, of course, there's some caveats perhaps to that, depending upon what type of event, you know, obviously if you're going to train to, you know, to cycle around the world uh, and, you know, 79 days or whatever he managed to do it in, you're going to be preparing well in advance of even a year, right, to prepare for that kind of, uh, that kind of event. I mean, multiple years probably to, to prepare. So it really depends, you know, obviously on the type of event and how much investment you're going to have to make. But for the most part, if you're looking to perform, let's say, uh, a given race and the race is, um, you know, let's say a couple of hundred K and that's really the, uh, the race you want to you want to be prepared for. Um, and you're today you're you're at, let's say, three stars and you anticipate you're going to try and maintain that three stars leading into the season. Well, then, you know, you're you're basically going to be moving, let's say, from three stars to five stars by the August time frame. You have plenty of time to mm -hmm. increase that fitness. And so um, so today that, you know, you don't necessarily need to focus on improving, moving up your training load. You have lots of time for that. And that's one of the reasons why our training programs are only 120 days. Because generally, that's enough time for you to get both base, build, and peak, uh, and move up from where you are in a reasonable amount, uh, given the, um, um, the the ramp rates and the improvement rates that we have available. This should give you enough time to get into into uh, and be prepared for that event. Mm -hmm. Now, again, if you're starting at zero and you want to get to five stars, probably going to take you a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you may want to have a little bit of a longer uh, training, but for the most part, most people are moving but, one or two stars. And so 120 days is plenty of time to do mm -hmm. that. And if your training is out in August and you're, you're in, you know, almost a year uh, to prepare, uh, we're, we're now in, in November, you can just take it easy. Um, you still want to, let's, let's say, stay on the bike and get a little mm -hmm. bit of, you know, maintain your training load to some level, but it's not like your training today is going to have that much of an effect on how you're going to perform in August of next year. Yeah. So as a practical example of what I'm doing, it's again, as if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, I had a big rock climbing fall, uh, six months ago now. So it was in late May, mid, mid late May, we've just passed six months. So I essentially had an eight to 10 week completely off any physical activity of any kind and so in a way that was a real extended break so this might be a little bit different so um, I 
uh, ended up by the time I actually got back on the bike, my training load, instead of being at that time of the year, normally it's about 90 or so, it was down to about 25. So I knew I had a long way to come back. So I haven't, yes, I took this week off um, in October for this visit to Norway, but otherwise, since I got back on the bike in late August, I've just been working on steadily building my training load. And my target right now is, is um, kind of by the end of December to have a consistent about three star fitness to be at about the 75 kind of range for my, my training load. And then my first main target of 2020 in this case is going to be the, uh, the gravel season in that's in late April. So I know once I hit January one, I'm going to reset my XATA to the target of being April. Right now I've set it for the end of December. I'm going to go reset it in January to the end of April and at 120 days or so. And my target was to get by the end of December to get to a training load of around 75 so that I can get it by the end of April to, to about 90 or so for that time. So you do have to tweak it somewhat. Uh, but again, at the same time right now, I'm not necessarily focusing on really having consistent interval work. I maybe do one kind of hard effort a, a week and then the rest is really just endurance type rides to build that that uh, training load and capacity and fitness up first before I really worry about the kind of more structured training that's to come in January. You know, doing structured training is kind of mentally taxing. You know, if you're, you know, having to set your alarm every day and you're, uh, you know, watching, the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the adaptive training advisor and, you know, giving you uh, advice on your deficit and you're checking that all the time. If you do that for six months and nine months, you know, that's, it's hard on you. It's hard emotionally. It's hard uh, mentally to kind of, um, you know, stay on top of your training for that long. And so it's one of the reasons why this time of year you take some time off so you can give your you know give yourself a break from that um but it's also uh in prep for next year you got to realize that you don't want to put it put yourself in a position where it, it, the training is just wearing on you and you've done too much training it's probably not going to give you the best result if you've been you know training for six months solid and you're feeling kind of burnt out from all that training you're better off uh, taking enjoying it like we were saying earlier, mm -hmm. it, it, cycling is fun. It, you know, it, it's, we, it's, we forget that sometimes. We, forget we get that. caught up in the data. Yeah, and exactly. And all the suffering and all, all that. To, you know, we just enjoy it. Uh, and now is a great time to just kind of enjoy it. Keep your training load kind of elevated that where you feel is comfortably elevated. You, know, you don't necessarily need to be uh, you know, um, having too much structure to do that. And then once you hit your the beginning of the new year, and that's usually when people start, you know, sometime in January, February, then that's where you kind of start training, structured training in earnest. That's where you're like, okay, I'm going to start, you know, following the adaptive training advisor. I want my improvement rate. I, here's my goals that I want to get to. And, you know, that's where it starts to make a lot more sense. And that's when the kind of commitment that you have is going to start to really pay off um, down the road as you start to work through your training program.
Mm -hmm. And so part of what we were talking about before where kind of what I do today won't matter a whole lot in 12 months. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, whether or not I choose to do Stephen's favorite Ronestads today or if I decide to do some endurance ride won't matter all that much uh, 12 months from now. So. And I think people, you know, there's always this, you know, historically, even before exert, you know, there's been talking about talking about how, you know, some some fitness comes and goes really, really quickly. You know, your, you know, VO2 systems will respond really quickly to training and things like that. And, and you know, we, you, you see that in in the in the our, our time constants on our system. Really, what that means is that you know you you can train some systems your your peak and high intensity system they come and go real quickly and what that means is that because they go so quickly what you do now doesn't really have much value into the future because you can do all this high intensity training now and you get very little benefit of that high intensity training in 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 august of next year Mm -hmm. because of those time constants now with the with the low intensity it's a little bit longer so you do you know you can say yes you know if i do some some um some endurance training you know that's going to have that's going to linger a little longer for me and and i can use that towards you know my goals in later on next year and that's fine that's fair enough but just recognize that the nature of those time constants really means that they come quickly they go quickly and if so you can let you can delay the 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 focus on that training until uh, until you get closer to those events yeah which is why the the adaptive training advisor focuses on on that base first let's build that that low system up and then as the as the event gets closer where where the high and peak systems are needed, uh, we can start adding that in because we'll gain it that much faster. That's right. Exactly. Um, all right. So uh, I did have a question, kind of for both of you. I mean, S- Stephen already jumped into it a little bit, but uh, what what do you have planned for next year? Any any big rides planned or target events? Uh, probably uh, somewhat similar to Stephen. You know, there's. Uh, an event that I always like to enjoy preparing for, which happens, it's a kind of an off-road event in, uh, uh, we call it Paris to Ancaster, which was uh, similar, I guess, to uh, Perry roubaix <laughs> There's a town in, in Ontario called Paris. Uh, and it's not cool, it's not obviously, there's no cobblestones per se, but it's certainly a lot of off-road, a lot of very technical riding. Um, and it's a very popular ride, uh, one of the big, bigger rides in the area. Um, and so uh, probably be trying to you know top everything up and see how well I can do uh, unfortunately this past year I had to miss it uh, due to the surgery I had to go through but uh, next year I'm hoping to be in the best shape uh, that I can be <laughs> and uh, see see what happens yeah how about you well um, this is this is my time to say that my my goal is to graduate on time while, while I'm sitting here in front of Steven. That's the official first thing, and then we can talk that's, about uh, cycling goals. So uh, we'll we'll make sure that I graduate. Uh, mm-hmm. That's top of the priority list. But uh, I'm I've really been getting more into uh, into kind of ultra gravel cycling lately. So mm. uh, looking to do some some bigger two, three, four hundred k rides uh, next mm. summer. So. Mm. Uh, have to start uh, working on that training load uh, at some point, uh, mm. but endurance. Um, yeah, mostly endurance. Mostly endurance. I, I'm an endurance guy. I'm a, I'm a slow twitcher. Yeah, <laughs> not not good at that uh, that high intensity work. And then I have a pretty challenging next year coming up. This past year kind of got derailed thanks to the injury, but next year I want to get back 
to my usual kind of two main goals of the year. One is the April gravel season. There's again before and after Paris Ancaster. There's about four or five really uh, awesome, awesome races in the New York, Ontario area that I want to key in on. And then in the summer, in late July, I've uh, just started planning a 10-day uh, cycling backpacking or bikepacking uh, trip around Iceland. So that's going to be a lot of long days in the saddle, back to back to back. So that's going to require a lot of endurance and recovery. And then hopefully I'll make my grand return to cyclocross in the fall. So, so uh, yeah, it's going to be an ambitious 2020, hopefully. Yeah, so that'll be uh, that'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. Looking um, forward to it. Yeah. Is there mm-hmm. anything anything that you wanted to add? Um, well, no. I I think there's you know we're, we're talking about the off season, uh, and I know there's a few things that I wanted to mention about um, uh, about what happens when you start to enter in your training. So you're now we're moving. You know, we talked about um, you know taking some time off. Um, it's going to get cold in a lot of a lot of regions. You're going to start training more indoors. So I just want to talk a little bit about what it means as you move from outdoor training and outdoor workouts into you know to indoor training and what that means. So there's some a few things that you need to be aware of in that process. So as you move from your your road bike or what have you with the with a power meter, now you're on your trainer. So, um, you know, some of the heads ups here that we get a lot of time, we hear a lot is that your numbers might change, right? Mm -hmm. So as you start to train indoors, you're going to start seeing different numbers and there can be a a lot of different reasons for this. It's really hard to pinpoint why you're seeing different numbers. The first thing we always, we always look at is, are you on a different power source? So you're on a new trainer. And you move from being on one type of, of, you know, of power meter to an indoor trainer. And so there always can be discrepancies when you start moving from one power source to another power source. So it's the first thing you're going to look at. In fact, our system is usually, uh, it's precise enough to detect if there actually are changes. Uh, We've had several athletes that are... Uh, that know with one power source that their their fitness signature is this and maybe let's say it's measuring at the pedal and they go to a different power source let's say let's it measures it at the rear wheel or whatever and and they've they've let us know before that that our system actually is able to detect Mm -hmm. which one they'll either get a breakthrough with one with one power source or a near breakthrough with the other depending so it's definitely something to to pay attention to yeah and i and i think um you know we've had the power match feature and I think a lot of people would be familiar with this but if you're not what the power match feature allows you to do is is it will allow you to still train indoors but if you've got a power meter on your bike it's going to allow you to use the power meter during the training Um, and if you're using a smart trainer it's going to use the power from your power meter to control the smart trainer so uh, if you do have multiple, uh, if you have a smart trainer and a, and a power meter on your bike, uh, definitely look to set up power match because that will eliminate or potentially eliminate that discrepancy that you might see in your data. Um, so just be aware if you're moving, power does change. It's not the same one from one device to another. And that might mean you get a higher signature, in which case it'll get picked up. If your signature is lower on, this, on the trainer, well, then it may not get picked up. 
because the numbers are lower. We're, you're not going to get those breakthroughs when you should be, re, re, should be getting them. So in that case, you can do things like adjust your signatures. Um, you can you know, look through our, our information to help you do that. If you're really struggling, you know, send a note into support and we can help you with that. But the key is, is if you're changing the power source and you can't ride with your power meter on your indoor setup, then, um, then you may need to adjust your, your signature. The other thing we hear quite often is, you know, I'm, it's just I just I have the same power source, but I can't hit the same numbers. So um, the you know the key the the most common reason why you're unable to achieve the same numbers is often that you're not really heat adapted. So um, if you don't have properly proper ventilation, or you may not have the heat ad heat adaptations as of yet especially if you're moving from outdoor to indoor and it's really cold outside and you're moving into a hot room and you're doing your workouts might take you a little bit a couple of weeks right Stephen, to get kind of heat adapted um and i don't know my uh, man cave that i ride in can be uh, down to two degrees and i have to dress up in knee warmers and everything and i actually turn the fan on to, to low at best because it's so freaking cold so so, uh, no, I don't get heat adapted indoors, but that's because I, I train in my uh, modified man cave slash garage. But I know a lot of people do. So they're indoors and they're at, you know, 72 degrees Fahrenheit or, you know, 22 degrees Celsius. And it's a, it's, it's a big change, it's when, a big I, change. when I ride outside and, and yeah. here in Ontario where it's, uh, it's freezing already. And then uh, we do our weekly Zwift ride mm -hmm. uh, on Wednesday mornings. And so I'm riding inside and, who man gets warm in there real quick it gets hot so so be it you know pay close attention to the ventilation you have i find even just the position of the fan can make a difference oh, uh, it can make it make a make a hard ride miserable or it can make it much more bearable and actually even you know quite tolerable if you have uh if you're well hydrated you're you know you've obviously you know had a chance to get some adaptation and you got some really good ventilation that should you know um equalize the 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 signature from indoors and outdoors i know there's some people that still struggle uh and it's hard to really pinpoint what exactly causes that discrepancy between your uh your indoor and outdoor ability to perform um just so you know that inside their ios app you can actually control the actual power so if you want to play with that power bias so to get a little bit more of an indoor outdoor um, similar um, response in terms of your signature, you can do that. Um, but I can, I always look, would look at your ventilation first and foremost. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're, if you're, if you're not dripping sweat, then uh, you're probably not sweating enough. So, mm -hmm. you know, you really want to be, um, you, you, you want to be uh, slightly dripping. Uh, obviously you want most of that sweat to be evaporated and, and cooling you off with the, with the fan yeah so you definitely want to make sure you do have adequate ventilation because again even when we're riding outdoors it's we're riding at let's say 30 kilometers an hour that's 30 kilometers an hour of airflow going past you as opposed to riding indoors with zero right so that you end up with a lot of sweat and sweat that's just dripping off of you that is not actually helping you lose heat at all. So there's actually been good scientific studies, including ones that I was a co-author on uh, from 
from a PhD student in New Zealand where we looked at the effects of pre-cooling prior to exercise in the heat. And we specifically want to test the relative benefits of adequate airflow because many scientific studies on especially using cycling don't really have adequate airflow in there. So we found that most studies say that pre-cooling is highly effective in the heat. Well, we found that that's really true when there's no airflow, which is the case in most studies. But when you actually have realistic airflow in the lab, most of that advantage actually goes away. So it just, again, goes to show how important it is to have adequate airflow. There's also a great study by a Japanese author, uh, Otani, in 2018 that showed that um, the nature of airflow, the, he tested the effects of just exercising the heat with 0, 10, 20, and 30 kilometers an hour airflow. And he found that the, you know, the, the best thermal regulation was obviously with 30 kilometers an hour. There was a little bit less with 20, a little bit less again with 10 almost you know and much worse with zero but but the sh it was shades of difference and the pattern of response was the same with 30 20 and 10 but with zero the pattern of response of uh, thermal regulation was completely night and day from the others so it would suggest from that study that you need really at least a 10k an hour airflow which most um most kind of fans you just get at the at your home hardware or stores aren't really 10k an hour so you might need a couple of them and to really situate them perfectly to really uh, get that cooling effect but yes absolutely i would say airflow is really critical indoors because that is a huge amount that is lost compared to being outside and then hydration yeah i mean if you are really prone to being affected by dehydration, then make sure you stay on top of it. I tend not to be, so I don't really have a, have an issue with that, but you need to experiment and see what, what it's like with you. The other thing is, I uh, do. Yeah. With the, <laughs> I do. Yeah. The great thing. Yes. Use the power match. If you use the, um, the Garmin workout player to, and if you have a power meter already on your bike, I would rather use that than rely on on the indoor trainer to be the main main uh, kind of driver for power. And uh, just as a further note, make sure you get kind of some kind of towel or some kind of like bike uh, cover on top of your top tube so you don't sweat out your your uh, nice expensive bike or uh, sweat out the kind of the uh, stem and, and the head tube. That's, that's also uh, not good. Yeah, actually I had, to, I had that the other day. I took off my handlebar tape on the bike that I was using for, for uh, the, the trainer and it was all white, <laughs> all white. So it's all a salt. Yeah, yeah, exactly from the corrosion. So if you haven't, uh, now might be a, a good time to kind of look at that. If you're going to be spending a lot of time on your trainer and you have aluminum handlebars, then you might want to peel back the tape and uh, see if you got any corrosion building up. And if so, you might want to deal with it. Um, so um, yeah, don't put your <laughs> fanciest bike on there. Uh, if you have alternatives, if you have alternatives, go. Uh, use an older bike because you're going to get a ridiculous amount of salt uh, from all the sweat that you're going to be putting on there. Doing all those mm -hmm. exert smart workouts. 
We make it work. Well, <laughs> just enough. Just it's enough. Just, it's just we enough, don't want it to right? be too hard. Not too much. It's just just exactly what you need. That's that's the goal. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both today. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we I think we covered everything that uh, that I had outlined for us today. So I think this was a, a really good, uh, insightful conversation today. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you would like to add? Uh, I think I'm good. Thanks. I don't know. Yeah. They, you're, I know we had some questions from some um, some of our customers. Did we wanted to maybe touch upon today? Is that- oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I did miss that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's been a couple questions uh, that have worked their way into the sports system uh, over the past couple of weeks, and uh, I think it's actually really relevant this time of year, where where people are essentially maxed out on their hours, and and uh, a lot of the times it's uh, my training's been consistent, or I, I'm even increasing my training, but exert is showing me getting less fit or my, my, my threshold power is decreasing, what's going on? Um, and o- almost all the times I, I log in and I check out their data, see what they've been uploading. Um, and, and a lot of times it happens that um, you just haven't shown the system that you've been improving your fitness. And so um, we do offer a, a little, there's an indicator that says um, if it's been, I think, four weeks since your last breakthrough, mm-hmm. three uh, weeks, w- or three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, we give you a little notification that says uh, your fitness signature is stale. Um, and a lot of times, uh, if you have been training either consistently or if you, you've watched your training load grow, uh, we would expect you to get a, to get a breakthrough that would Im- increase your, your fitness signature. But um, even if you're holding steady, if your training load is staying about the same, we expect your, your fitness signature really not to decay all that much. And, and so a lot of times it could just be you, you really just need to push yourself and show the system, hey, I'm, I'm not losing fitness. You just need to update it with some, some maximal effort. Um, the other option that a lot of our uh, customers really enjoy, uh, especially going into the base season, is they'll switch actually their decay method from, uh, from our optimal or from the original decay, which... Uh, which is designed to let your fitness signature decrease so that we can detect your next breakthrough. Uh, we, we tell them to switch it to what we call no decay, which um, the name is a little misleading uh, because the, the decay method actually just straight up matches your training load. So uh, if your training load is increasing, uh, exert will actually increase your fitness signatures uh, relative to the training load. So if you're doing a lot of low base work, uh, you'll watch your threshold power increase. If you're doing some high intensity where your high or your peak training load are increasing, we'll actually show that your peak power and your high intensity energy are going to increase there. So uh, if you are going into a time of the year where, where you won't be doing those maximal efforts as much, if you're going to be doing that extended base, uh, do check out the uh, support documentation on the no decay feature and, and see if that might be something that would be helpful for you. So one way to kind of conceptualize this, if you if you can if you have your XPMC chart in front of you, um, what the um, kind of optimal decay will do is you'll see these kind of stepwise increases. So you'll see your your threshold will go down, and then you get a breakthrough, and it goes back up. And then this is again relative to your black line, the training load. So the training load keeps moving up but your threshold will let's say stay level and then when you get your breakthrough then you get the big increase back step up back to your training load again that's what we typically see so you're if you're young if you're using the uh the optimal decay um that if you know if your training load is flat or only increasing ever so slightly you will see a a decline in that number and that's not because your fitness is declining 
we're just showing that that number is declining and that you really need a, a breakthrough to bring it back up to their, what, we have, what we're expecting you to be able to achieve, which would be somewhere near your training load. Um, now you can remove that kind of step function by, uh, by setting no decay. So setting no decay will essentially take your threshold and will have it match your lower training load. And since your training load is made up mostly of your lower training load, that it's going to be relatively close to that black line. So, so you would expect that your, your threshold power would somewhat align with that black line on your XPMC chart. So if you're training more, you expect it to go up. If you're training less, you expect it to go down. So that's kind of what the no decay does. It kind of matches those two lines up for you uh, and shows that you've been improving with your training, assuming your training load has been increasing. So, so don't get too uh, up in arms if you're, if you're seeing threshold go down and you've been training and, you're, and your training load's been going up and you've been following all the advice and you've been, you know, your improvement rate's been set to aggressive and you know, you're, you're expecting those numbers to be, to be going up. They are going up. It's just that, that the, the, there's a kind of a latent expression of that, of that increase that still needs to be shown through either a, a breakthrough or by, or by changing, changing so, your, uh, your, your, uh, your decay rate. So mm -hmm. like traditional, uh, so like traditional training methods, they might have you do an FTP test every four or six weeks. We don't necessarily say you need to do an FTP test, but it is still important that you do have some of those maximal. And we don't even schedule them. Yeah. So that's another thing to know. People say, how come you're not scheduling any tests? Well, it's up to you when you really want to test. You don't really need to. Um, you could incorporate it into part of your workout. In, yeah. Incorporate it in part of your workout. So there's no real, we don't really have a need for those kind of ongoing testing to validate whether the training is improving. Um, you can sort of incorporate those as part of your training. As you're Indoors yeah. or outdoors, there's always the rawest <laughs> workouts, guaranteed breakthrough. There's, I've never done that workout without a uh, without a breakthrough on there. Mm -hmm. And uh, one one other thing I just want to point out too is if you know you're going to be indoors for a long while, kind of training through the winter, for example, one part of the fitness signature I would keep my eye on is the peak power because it's generally very, very difficult to, you know, really crank the bike because it's locked in place. You're not out on the road where you can throw the bike side to side and really generate that maximal power. So that is, so even though you're probably physically capable of it, the indoor setup probably isn't allowing you to express that. So that might be one number to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, you can, because that's going to be really tied into where your MPA is anchored. So, um, yeah, I think if you if you know what your peak power generally is in the summer, it's probably not going to degenerate a huge amount over the um, the winter. So, if you do find it kind of substantially dropping, you might want to manually adjust that. But Basically, it comes down to you can still be physically capable of it, but you're, many of us are riding a stationary kind of rear wheel clamped uh, smart trainer where you just can't kind of throw the bike and really max out the, the power. Mm -hmm. Very awesome. Good. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for adding a couple of those points in. Uh, okay. I, think, I, I think that's everything that I have. So 
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we really enjoy recording these podcasts for you, and we, we've got a lot of uh, positive reviews on these. So Thanks for all the commentary. We've been getting some great feedback from uh, all of you out there, so uh, very much appreciate all that. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, let's just go and uh, take a break, but get, get ready for a great next year. <laughs> all right, see you next time. All right, bye for now.